Is it live? It's live. You're live. Is it going up enough? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cool. Just fire this thing off. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca and Jared Truby, and we are sitting outside of Mission Street Barbecue in Santa Cruz with the lovely Deaton Piggott. If you don't know who Deaton is, Deaton is a coffee professional of the highest regard. He's been a coffee roaster on multiple continents in multiple universes <laughs> and recently just started his own gig. He's the founder of Take Flight Coffee and he's, he's sitting right across from me. Hey, how you going? What up, Deaton? What's up? <laughs> should, I, should I talk in an American accent to all your listeners or? We, I think what you should do is maybe sprinkle the American accent in in random places. Okay, I will. I can like, do that. Like when you're going to say something really stupid, <laughs> go full on America on them. Like, I've been roasting that coffee. Dude. <laughs> I roasted good. <laughs> so uh, what, um, let's, let's hit a little bit about you. Like what, who are you in a nutshell and what is Take Flight? What are you doing? What am I doing? Uh, well, as you said, Deaton is my name. Uh, yeah, I've just started up at Take Flight Coffee. It's been a very long time coming as you know, most people going through this industry want to do their own thing like you guys. And uh, congratulations on your Kickstarter, by the way. Thank you. Just thought I'd get that in there. Good effort. Um, and good effort. Good effort. Good effort. No, it's awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, what do you want to know? Like, well, what is Take Flight for people who may not know? Is it a roastery? Is it a retail space? Is it both? Right. What can we expect from you? Yeah, you can. Besides uh, excellence. <laughs> uh, Really, yeah. I'm so I'm a roaster at heart. Um, so I'll be buying coffee and roasting it and shipping it out to whoever wants to just drink good coffee. Um, so, as you know, starting up your own business, uh, there, there's always challenges. So the question you asked was, are we a, a roastery or are, are we a cafe? Uh, right now, this moment, I would call myself a gypsy roaster. Um, so that means I'm getting time on other people's roasters uh, to create a product like what you have right now in front of you. Yeah, I'm, I've uh, so I haven't spoken yet. This is Jared Truby. Wow, <laughs> I've been sitting over on the side, <clears throat> crunching on three coffees that Deaton brought us. He brought us a coffee from uh, Colombia and Ethiopia, Yorkshire, and a, a Burundi, and I've been crunching on all of them. Yeah, we're sitting outside. It's hot. You can hear that. It was it's quiet hot. until we decided to podcast. Uh, no, traffic. <laughs> but these coffees are actually very delicious and well roasted. Not that that's a surprise because you've been roasting since like 1929, 30, <laughs> like us, right? Exactly. Longer than us even? Exactly, yeah. You used to, you used to work in, in Dublin and then in, at Intelli as well? Yeah. So, I um, I mean, I started roasting in 2005. Okay. I moved, to, I moved to Dublin in late 2004 and... Um, picked up a roasting gig in uh, Bewley's Cafe, which is on Grafton Street, their main, uh, you know, high-end street where all I the went high-end shopping is. On been my there? honeymoon. I, yeah, we honeymooned in Ireland. Oh, right. And we started in Dublin. I think I remember that. Yeah, it was hot fire. I loved it there. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, learnt on a little five-kilo roaster. Um, uh, I was the manager of the retail space there, and their, their roaster was quite literally behind a retail counter, so you'd be roasting coffee and 
some old grandma would come up and be like, "Excuse me, sir, can I have some old brown Java?" That's my <laughs> that's my Irish accent. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst you're in mid rest, and you're like, "Okay," so then you have to go over and talk to them and talk them through all the all the beers. Um, beers. I'm drinking beer yeah, right now. That's why. Um, yeah, talking through all the coffees and meanwhile you're trying to roast coffee. It was very, uh, very interesting. Actually, Stephen Morrissey uh, worked with me at the same place at the same time. That which guy. was pretty cool. <laughs> that guy. He's an okay guy. He's, a, he's done all right. <clears throat> and then after that, you ended up in the States working for Intelligentsia in Los Angeles. And that was about the time that we both met you, I yeah. think. That era. Yeah. Um, so... From Dublin, um, I decided to book a vacation uh, to Chicago with the sole purpose of just introducing myself to Doug and going, hey, man, give me a job. That's Doug Zell, the CEO owner of Intelli, for all who don't know. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, he was like, yeah, sure, we're opening up LA. We've got nothing for you in Chicago. Why don't you go there? I was like, uh, cool. I didn't even think that LA would be the place that I'd land but uh, yeah landed there and, and experienced the what I think people dub as one of the first latte art smackdowns in the roastery in their, uh, yeah. their that lab. was big time I was there yeah that, I was there as well I poured yeah. and then as I went to present the my uh, latte I just dropped it all on the floor <laughs> oh my gosh I remember being so nervous at I that. was so nervous that was, so that was the 2007 right yeah. or yeah, yeah so Verve had just opened because we opened late 2007 mm. that was crazy that was during was that during the Long Beach um, USBC yeah the or SAA something yeah. like that yeah. that was crazy because I think Matt Riddle was still yeah Matt Riddle was still a part of all that anyway remember. that was a trippy time yeah Crazy time. So then I landed uh, at Intelli October 2007 and we just literally sat in concrete dust for six months while they uh, tried to get the place up and running. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> like we all are doing at this current moment. Right now. We're in wood dust. <laughs> wood dust. You're concrete dust. We were concrete dust. So yeah, um, that happened. It, you know, it was a it was a great experience working for Intelligentsia at that time, from 2007 to 2010. was a was a golden time for for that company, I think. Yeah, um, there's those magical eras that yeah. seem to happen. Yeah, I think we're due for some more magical eras. I think so. I think <laughs> just, so. I'm just. I think it's it's so hard to. You don't realize that you're in the sweet spot until it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're a couple of years down the line, you go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit was going down right then. <laughs> it was Exactly. We had a couple of those, right, Jer? Yeah, there were some good years. I mean, 2007 to like 12, 13 were just like, that was like a bit, a good window for specialty coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was new enough and there weren't enough big companies and everybody wasn't roasting like we are now. And anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But there's now the opportunity for people who have been in it for a long time, like yourself and us, to, to kind of do something special and maybe, I think, bring it back out again. Because yeah. there's a lot of people roasting who maybe don't have a lot of experience, and there's a lot of people who now have experience who are jumping into that game. Yeah. Yep. And which makes me actually wonder, because even though we're, we'll probably go back to this, you said you're a gypsy roaster. What kind of roasters have you been ro- roasting on? Have you been all over the place <coughs> or pretty consistent? No, I, I've talked to you about my weird plan which will happen one day, I guess. Um, no, but at the moment I'm roasting on an L12, uh, which is 
Which is interesting, the whole roasting and you can't cool coffee at the same time whilst With you're roasting. You. Yeah. We're doing that as well currently. We're doing that. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't had to do that for a while. Um, but yeah, getting some, I mean, I you know, I think I'm getting some good results out of it. Um, Big time. You know, green is going brown and let's... Full brown. Yeah, full brown. <laughs> the hot brown, they call dropping, it. Dropping batches. Not know? just a sandwich. Yeah. Do you use uh, roasting software? Uh, yeah, Cropster. You are. Yeah. Um, I've been... I've had this weird flirtatious... Uh, you know, I can't... You know, this flirtatious relationship with Cropster from day one. Like, when we were at Intelligentsia... Uh, Jeff Watts and uh, a few of the guys at that company were actually helping Norbert with the functionality of it and what information to capture and all that sort of stuff. And so they, I think we were one of the first, Intelligence was one of the first companies to actually plug it into a roaster and trial it. Um, and so I, I kind of got in on the back of that in LA as well. Then I tried to, tried to get them in to Toby's and was never allowed the budget to do it for a very long time. Mm. That changed. Um, they, they now use it, like, sort of, like, towards the last six months of me being there, they now use Cropster. Awesome. <coughs> but um, that whole time, like, Norbert's, Norbert and I just sort of been exchanging emails, trying to get onto it. So it's really cool that actually now that I'm my own boss, I can just be like, yeah, I'm using this shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's great. I'm a big fan of Cropster. I feel like you... You'd be hard-pressed to not allow yourself the information in using a, a, something like Cropster. I really just think. I love it, man. And I also, I mean, there's so much to be said for understanding and feeling and smelling and all that stuff that happens with roasting. But there's so many things that can happen that that Cropster can allow you to adjust for and, and fix on the fly that you might not be able to see by just smelling and, like, trying to, like, manually notate what's going on. Yep. Yep. And this this whole thing of smelling coffee, I'm sorry, I'm a hater of that. Me too. It doesn't make that dude. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> at all. Are you talking like pulling the trier and then like yeah, and just <sighs> smelling it every yeah. minute on the minute? I every thirty seconds. I, 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 I. There's few reasons, right? And I, first of all, yeah, okay, you can smell the gases or whatever that's been released and some smoke and whatever. That's cool, but. Health reasons. I mean, you are sitting there for an eight-hour day, letting cast like carcinogenic smoke go through your sinuses <laughs> every every thirty seconds. I can't. I look at people that do that, and I go, "Man, you're gonna something. Something's gonna go. Something's gonna go wrong up there. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but you should stop." Yeah, it's. I feel like sometimes the heat actually obscures my senses too. Mm. If I do it all the time, you're just like a waft of. You get some aromatics, but I don't know. I get this like tinge that happens in my nose. Maybe it's chemical, but Maybe. I don't. Yeah. So you do it? I don't do it. That no, no. I did when I first started out and learning because I just wanted to have all these info points. Yeah. But after a while, I just stopped doing it because of that reason, and I just I wasn't getting anything out of it. Yeah. To be honest with you, it was kind of nice at first to see the color and see things change you know when you're new at the process i want to know everything that was going on but now i mean we'll look at the trier if something's going real weird and start smelling but like mm. it's not like our thing mm. i think the last time i did it was literally for a uh, like a photo or something <laughs> like i'm gonna pull the trier out to take a photo <laughs> 
I just have the hardest time because for me, the application doesn't do anything for my end product, you know, throughout mm. the process. I mean, I, it's, it is a learning opportunity, but at the end of the day, it's like mm. everything else is actually what matters. And then the end product's what you taste anyway. You don't taste or smell any of those things in between. Yeah. And nobody else that I serve my coffee to ever will either. So mm. I'm like, um, it's not for me. And have you seen those reports recently yep. about lung cancer and all this Popcorn sort of Popcorn lung. Yeah, yeah. Sketchy. So, I don't know, guys, if you're smelling roasted coffee every 30 seconds don't for do eight that. hours a day, just think of your health. Think of your babies. <laughs> think of the children, think man. Think of your children. <laughs> <laughs> think of your new puppy, like Deaton just got. Uh, Walter. Holy smoke. So, you were in L.A. at Intelligentsia, yep. and then you ended up in New York Yeah. at Toby's. Yep. Was there an in-between there, or was it straight from there LA was to an, New York? There was a little bit of an in-between. Um, I feel like you left the country or something. I had to, yeah, to get a visa. And um, uh, progress stalled uh, for Toby's in uh, New York. They had, I think they actually had a signed lease on a place in uh, Manhattan, lower Manhattan, where they were going to roast and serve coffee. And the landlord saw the design work and saw how much uh, work they would need to do to put the, the ducting through the building and decided he didn't want it, so he just pulled the lease out from out under him. Wow. That's heavy. So I don't know if this is TMI and I could get myself in trouble for just telling all this information. I don't know. But um, so anyway, they had to, they had to regroup and uh, end, up, end up finding that warehouse in... Uh, Williamsburg, which is a much better location. So, but the delays were so big, and you know, I was without a job. I was on a small retainer, and which was getting me nowhere. They, the Australian side of the company, decided to send me to Singapore, where they were setting up a roastery cafe there. Interesting. Yeah. So I spent about ten weeks in Singapore for the initial design phase of that loc- uh, their first location there. Um, which was awesome. Was Singapore amazing? I feel like I'm hearing stuff about their coffee scene kind of blowing up. Is that true? It's true, yeah. And there was there was inkling, inklings of it uh, when I was there as well. I had, um, oh my God, and because I'm on the spot, I can't place anyone's names at the moment. But I had some great people that were helping me out going, yeah, you need to go to this district to find fridges and blenders and whatever. And, you know... It, that that experience of getting to a new country and just be and someone saying set up this business and having no idea where anything is was absolutely <laughs> scary as all hell, but absolutely uh, you know fantastic. Like oh just yeah, fun. Yeah, those are the things that kind of open you up and like force you to grow, and you just have the yeah. weirdest experience that you never thought you'd have. Yeah, you really do, and you you f- make friends with people who are just willing to help they see that you're you're in this situation where you're getting paid money to do something that you have no idea how to do really because you don't know where anything is and they help that people just help out it's really cool that's uh, rad. i don't know if that's just coffee people but yeah I, I yeah i had great help there it was awesome maybe it's just you maybe you're just so charming <laughs> that people just want to reach out charming d, charming d. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an asshole when you get to know me. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this? That's I the best. Ca- yeah, yeah. We have the explicit E there, so people uh, know what they're getting into. You cool. know? Yeah. <laughs> e. 
ex- ex- ecstatic <laughs> content. <laughs> Fully drugged out we are right here. Yeah. Um, so you found your way from Singapore back, into back to New, New York. York when Toby's opened proper, and you were roasting coffee there again, Yeah, correct? so we, I landed in New York uh, April 2011. We didn't open shop till January uh, 2012. So there was a good nine months where I was sort of twiddling thumbs. Um, to their credit, they did get a hold of the lease in Williamsburg, and they, they built out with no delays in three months. Like, I don't know how oh, they wow. did it. Yeah, That's they, a fast build. They killed it. That's awesome. Um, and uh, so that was really, uh, it was really cool to witness uh, that happen. But yeah, we, we st- just so people understand, the, the, the company is called Toby's Estate Coffee, right? But Toby's Estate Australia is a different entity to what Toby's Estate uh, America is. <coughs> there's no cross. There's no like, we're not share information. There's no real reporting between the two places. Australia looks after Australia in the Asian market, and then Toby's is just l- quite literally just that that group of people on the ground there. Yeah, I just recently learned that from our friend Jonathan Withers, oh, who's yeah. uh, green buyer there now. Yeah, and I was like, how do they work that? Yeah, with Australians and the the U.S. the Americans. Yeah, what was Man, coming out of that, like, what was the catalyst for you in your mind to be like, okay, you know, you've had a couple jobs at a bunch of really awesome companies, a lot of experience, and now you're like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. Mm. What, did you just get out of bed one morning and... Well, no, I mean, I, I've i wanted to do my own thing for, for what seems like a lifetime. I almost bought a cafe when I was 24, and... Thank God I didn't because I knew nothing about nothing, you know. That would have been heavy. Yeah. Uh, had no idea. I mean, I was still drinking. I was My go-to beverage was a latte with three sugars. Uh, and then I wanted to run a coffee shop. Anyway, Isn't that a flat white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the flattest whites. <laughs> uh, so, no, I... I, um, I started thinking about the name of this company... Uh, three to four years ago um originally i was going to call it flight coffee and then flight in new zealand opened up i was like well that kind of sucks even though i could have called it that anyway i I was like no i'm going to look for something else um but no so i I was going to leave the company in 2000 uh what was it 2013 to do it um unfortunately went through a divorce which set me back a few years so i just had to buy time and regroup you know save up the dollars and uh and then meeting chelsea we just she'd always talked about moving to la this is my new fiance for I, i'm talking like everyone knows me oh no yeah, yeah you're i'm getting, mar- getting married yeah. real soon yeah. and that's actually why he's in santa cruz this happened to be perfect he's yeah. getting married at a beautiful golf course just up the hill from us <laughs> so now everyone knows everything yeah um Everybody's welcome to come. <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> Open come. Open bar, dude. <laughs> yeah. Free alcohol. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, when I'm, she's an actress, so we wanted to, oh, she okay. wanted to move to L.A. from the day I met her. And so we just talked about it and we didn't know what date to pick. And eventually I was like, you know what, let's just pick end of 2015 and we just have to do it. And so here Crazy. we are. And, yeah. 
Here we are. So you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, so L.A., did you did you ever think to yourself, well, first of all, did you fall in love with L.A. when you were working for Intelli? Did you like it there uh, at that time? I, I found L.A. one of the hardest cities to get used to. Right. Because um, uh, I have moved around a bit, but... And, and I've always always said, give yourself at least three to six months to get used to a, a new city before you decide to make a change. Um, and I moved to LA and that six months went past and I was like, holy hell, man, I don't know what I'm doing here. I found the town to be really hard to get around in. Mind you, this is pre-iPhone. Right. No Google Maps in your phone. Yeah. Uh, so if you wanted to get anywhere, you had to print out on your computer beforehand. MapQuest. Yeah, MapQuest, oh, the directions sure. where you're going. Yep. Isn't it crazy how far technology has come in such a Insane. short time? <laughs> I know. But um, so it took me a good solid 12 months to get used to it. That and the work culture here, man. Like you guys work your asses off. Americans really work hard. And... Um, they borderline addiction borderline addiction and uh true I totally <laughs> and i wasn't used to that i i came from australia we have 12 national it's like nine or 12 uh uh national uh holidays and we get four weeks annual leave on top of that we also get uh two weeks sick leave right so there's a potential know, eight weeks of time off you can take and let me tell you everyone took them uh, they so did. That's why there's Australians <laughs> crushing it on these trips in California. I always meet them and they're awesome. They're just let, <laughs> letting loose. How do you guys do this? They're all, yeah, we're just cruising down from, uh, we went to Alaska and we're just doing a, doing a tour all the way down through Mexico. And, uh, and I'm all, dude, you guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And so I, I came to the Roastworks in LA and there was as much as, you know, you think it would be easy to, uh, you know, and Americans and Australians would get along and and whatever there is a there is a cultural difference that i that i had to get used to one being the work ethic these these guys at that warehouse were wearing their pto their paid time off like a badge you know oh man i've got two hundred and forty-five thousand hours owed to me and i'm not <laughs> taking them and i'm just like well that's why you're a grumpy asshole man <laughs> Feel you. Yeah, so take a break. Take a break. It's good for everyone, um, <laughs> not just you. Grab um, a sandwich. Do something. So LA was hard. Yeah, LA was definitely hard. And um, but after that first twelve months, I got a got an iPhone, and uh, things got a lot easier once I figured out where to go and realized that the town has so and still has you know, a lot of great uh, food and yeah, like culture like it's deep yeah, it's that town is i feel you though yeah. it grew on me a lot too and i still don't know if i could actually live there proper but i definitely love it mm. and i used to not at all like aside from my disney trips you which, disney you know, trip. love them for life how could you not how could you not it's yeah. the happiest place on earth but it was hard there i always go down and i'd be like the traffic's nuts i could only imagine if you didn't know how to get around like one wrong turn equals an hour trying to yeah. fix it in that town you just quite have literally you, you have to reside to the fact that no matter what you're doing you're going to spend at least 30 minutes in a car um you know go and pick up a pint of milk and that's going to take you 30 minutes to get <laughs> back to the going to pick up a pint of milk <laughs> and is that something australians do they just like pop down to the store and uh, pick up just, a pint of milk i don't know where that came out of. <laughs> i'm just gonna go grab a pint of milk <laughs> jerry i'm getting a pint of milk you want one <laughs> all right uh, three uh, milk's on deaton today 
paying for all the milk. A round of milks. <laughs> One round of milks. <laughs> I love L.A. I think it's yeah, super it's rad. Great. I, I'm, I'm into the idea of it. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever live there, but I definitely could. I'm loving being back. Um, you know, what's the saying? Um, what is the saying? Uh, when you move to, when people move to New York, they instantly fall in love with New York, but grow to hate it. When you move to LA, you Im- Im- instantly hate it, but grow to love it. And it was so true for me. Like I moved to New York and was just pinching myself i couldn't believe i was in new york this this play like growing up with all the 80s movies and yeah uh seeing how much uh you know idolizing new york and the city and and, and it's so grand and all the movies that are out there that we see and um i couldn't believe it. i was there and made it you know and uh come that uh third winter you know the snowmageddon that hit and, uh, was just just gut-wrenching and then the fourth winter after that it was even worse and then i was like no i can't i cannot do another winter you know yeah, yeah. i can't handle the cold yeah. we were there and it was starting to get cold because i was there for three weeks and i'm a big old wuss because i'm california born and raised and if i if i had to spend probably one whole winter there i would be out yeah but when i was there i had a fantastic time because you can do whatever you want whenever you want there's like it's literally, it feels like a city with no limits. Yep. And yep. it's kind of intoxicating. In the first week when I did get back to Santa Cruz, I was really missing that, that energy. Buzz, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was buzzing for sure. I, f- I feel, yeah, I, I spent the first two years like that, you know, and just reveling in it. And, uh, yeah. So, But it gets exhausting. Who else is doing Take Flight with you? Is it just you? Or are you, like flying lone wolf style and you're like i'm roasting all the coffee and i'm gonna put it all in packages <laughs> um right now i am the only person working on the ground but i do have my cousin through marriage uh who actually lives in san jose anyway um it's my st- i'll explain that better my my stepmother he's my stepmother's nephew we're just saying we're just saying cousins because it's kind of easier yeah that makes sense it's really weird when we do say that in person because he's actually taiwanese and i'm a white guy (laughs) he's my cousin yeah (laughs) Uh, so uh yeah so he's 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 in on the ground um uh with us and we have plans to obviously do something in san jose closer to him when we get the chance um but at the moment we've just got to try and get something on the ground in uh la Oh, nice. Yeah. So you can come to San Jose and be yeah. like our neighbor. Yeah. That would be yeah. sweet. Starting the uh, Deaton to San Jose initiative right now. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to have Deaton and San Jose sooner than later, write into us, info at catcloud.com, <laughs> drop us a line. <laughs> or go to takeflightcoffee.com and just buy a ton of coffee. Buy coffee. So this guy can make his living. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where where can people get your coffee right now? Strictly through your website. Uh, it's through the website. Uh, if you're a home user, uh, of course, that'd be the easiest way to do it. Um, but wholesale, you know, usual channels. Just hit me up. My email's on on the website. Um, there's also a wholesale sign up page. Um, my website's in its infancy. We've got three phases that we're doing, and we needed the first phase launched for the SCAA so that just right. has you you get on our website first thing you see is coffee and and you can buy it um and that's 
all but it, uh, which is which is good because people are actually buying it. Um, but uh, phase two is going to be a lot more interesting. I just had a meeting in San Francisco about it just now. Um, the subscriptions that we're doing is very interesting in getting the the back uh, from a from a website engineering. Pen- uh, standpoint it's very interesting just seeing how all that works and getting that up and running so that'll launch um, and then uh, a few other bits and bobs like the the news page and events page and all that will come on online probably at the end of the month and then we have a phase three where wholesale customers will be able to have their own unique login and order order coffees from the website and are you gonna do like a pretty trick subscription thing like uh, like the blue bottle thing seems pretty like intuitive like there's so many combinations mm. like we do a subscription too but it's pretty straightforward every two weeks or every four weeks and then once we open proper it'll be you can get it weekly or whatever you want yeah but it's not super techie are you going to be pretty techie with it not really yeah. no it's pretty bare bones it's you have the options for a weekly bi-monthly or monthly subscription and then we offer that for gifts as well so if you want to give someone a subscription then you can do that um, and these packages that we're looking at right now are little guys. Yeah. Can you buy these too? That's phase three. That's phase three. Yeah. So we're talking about that today and it's actually really complicated to be able to pull these. Uh, well, you don't know what we're talking about. So we have a two ounce sample in a canister, uh, in a round canister that we'll, you'll be able to buy a flight of coffees and so it's a good way for the home barista or, uh, to be able to sample all our lineup. I think we'll sell them for like three dollars a pop, make it really cheap and fun just to get them and cup them and do whatever you know. I love that idea That's we talked about doing something like this in the store when we open, I don't think we can really do it yet but, because for me as like a coffee pro guy I don't, I don't usually want to buy 12 ounces no, of coffee. neither. I would rather buy four Two yeah. ounces, or just a couple two ounces, and taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. I totally feel you. I and I love these. Yeah, I mean, I took a picture of it, so it'll be on my Instagram. Y'all will have seen it probably, but uh, they're like little cylinders. They're like well designed, with some good color on there, and there's some good coffee info, and they're 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 yeah. And there's a sick bird. <laughs> he put a bird on it, so <laughs> you can hashtag that. That's uh, it's, it's a falcon. A yeah. So let me ask you this, Deaton. There's Everybody's got motivations in coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Is you know, like what's what's one of some of your passions? Like what's some of the things that like, that get you out of bed, that get you excited about doing this? You know, is are you still e- as in love with that first cup of coffee in the morning as you ever were, and like exploring, or you know, is it? Yeah, what is it? yeah, I am. I mean, I I I do often go to bed still thinking about the coffee I'm going to make myself in the morning. Like that's ridiculous. I After so many years of doing this. I still have that feeling and, um, uh, you know, particularly getting up in the morning and brewing my own coffee for the first time, like with my own branding and whatever, it was, it was really, a really cool, uh, milestone. Um, so that, I mean, that excites me. Um, I, when, uh, the coffees were starting to land at the warehouse, like, such a when you're in product when you're when you're a production roaster like it's the worst thing when you see a truck roll up with a hundred bags and you've got to move them into the warehouse you're just like oh god but 
to have these bags land that I bought for for the company, I again had a goosebump like goosebumps running down my arms and and was like high-fiving people in the warehouse like yeah taking photos next to it so that that emotion was like really cool you know um so awesome yeah and i i hope that you know i hope that that continues and i do really enjoy roasting i mean production roasting is long it can be long hours but i don't know man like there's times when you just get into that rhythm and everything's just lining up and you're dropping them batches in the right time in the right specs. Good, it just yeah. something about that on a good day, it's just awesome. Uh, you know. I so feel you. And can you imagine as another one gypsy roaster to another, yep. how sick it's gonna be when we're in our own roasters putting that coffee. Yeah. I love getting up in the morning and tasting um the our own coffee that we roasted as well. It's yep. like it's cool. It feels really good. And I get excited about it like every night. Yeah. Just be like, I wonder what's going to taste. Because, you know, you have those every day. It tastes slightly different after you roast there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I wonder how it's going to develop tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what's going to be coming out tomorrow? Yeah. It's the sickest. Yeah. That's rad, man. I so I still I still really enjoy, enjoy the fundamentals of, of basically my job, you know. Um, That's good. And obviously I, I can't wait to get back on in the plane again and travel back to Origin. But I don't know, man. Yeah. This is good. good. Do, you, do you speak of roasting and development percentages? Do you talk about that? As, as I am happy to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, Some people don't. That's why yeah. I asked, you know? I mean, I do. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a newer thing, as you know. I just have Cropster as of, yeah. you know, recently. Um, but more than happy to talk about, you know, I'd love to talk about my default roast profile yeah um you can i mean i'll, I'll tell you about some of ours too yeah <laughs> let's talk Just all about <laughs> it you guys <laughs> um so yeah i mean where do we start what do you gosh maybe let's just start by presenting a couple ideas and then talking around them. okay so when we kind of we're getting familiar with roasting something like rayo's book comes out and then all of a sudden everybody's talking about development as a percentage you know, meaning the time between first crack and the end of roast in relation to the entire roast time, right? But what I, like we were kind of getting into is that's just like part of the key. Like we're definitely in the mindset that the whole curve matters. And then things that I never thought that I would want, I maybe kind of want now something like some kind of Agtron scale. Cause you can go, you know, a really short roast with a lot of, development percentage do it quick and fast and make it relatively hot and still not have it be like really roasty mm. and it can still have like some kind of elements of underdeveloped flavors mm -hmm. to me even if it does have like that 20 like in between a 20 and 25 window which i don't i'm not convinced that that's like the magic window anyway it's mm. not the window we use mm. um 25 is like really high i feel like it's huge and i don't like, know how if you're uh, yeah. Every time I've gone to 25%, it's just too much roast. Even if we do it really, really fast and mm. try to shorten that time, so just like a little less time under the flame, yep. still too much. And, and especially if you're doing 25 on a longer roast, it's yeah. like, I mean, you're second cracking for sure. Yeah. Or at least for me. Well, yeah. I Depending on the coffee, but yeah, I just... I have not been able to successfully hit a 25% 
uh, what does he call it? Uh, development time, post-crack. DTR? Yeah. Development time ratio? Right. Yeah. Um, and have it be successful. Now, I, you know, so cor- correct me if I'm wrong, with that roasting profile, you might be charging a bit hotter, you have, you've got more energy going into the drum, yep. and then you, you're wanting to just back off the gas exactly. the whole time out. Exactly. So I think, you know, I've, I've played around with this roast profile, but also, and I'm glad you brought up Agtron, uh, Carl Stobbs' uh, philosophy to mm-hmm. roasting. He's the guy who invented the Agtron. On a side note, I don't know if you knew, he actually invented the Agtron to uh, help McDonald's get their fries to the right color. I had no idea. Yeah, That's, That's the original reason why he, he invented it. That's badass. He made a shit ton of money. You go and do his uh, course in Reno and he's got Ferraris in his garage and stuff like that. <laughs> he's kind of awesome. And I'm off point, but... No, that's fair. Yeah. I think we talked about this on another podcast too, but he also, when I started being a barista, people talk about the Staub redistribution method. Oh. And I don't... He's not like a barista guy, right? He's no. like a science guy. Yeah. But somehow he got like looped into this like north, south, east, west... Um, grooming or redistribution of coffee in the portafilter. Right. So I don't know if he invented that too, but I don't know. I think he did. Anyway. No, I, so he, it's a, if, if you ever get the chance to do a course, like it is a good course to do the Agtron course. He's, there's some things in there that you can, you know, take or leave um, as with ev- any course that you, you know, sit in. But uh, I, where this, this, I don't know what to dub this roast profile. Rayo, should we call it Rayo's roast profile? Yeah, call, yeah, it the right. Rayo, call it the Rayo. Call curve. it the Rayo. Yeah, running a rail line. What I've noticed, what I've noticed with that is that very early on in the in the roast profile, you you miss what I feel is a very important stage of roast development, um, and it's actually something that Carl Stolb focuses on uh, a little bit as well. So you know, you roast in your coffee. Uh, the more traditional way he's you know stops old school but your your uh your beans hit the turn time and tamp it say you know whatever one minute 30 195 degrees whatever right um you want to set the roaster up in a uh, with the right amount of uh, temperature and energy to have it actually start to once the chlorophyll comes out the green in the in the coffee starts to get roasted out at around 300 degrees, it starts to turn into a, a, a nice yellow color, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is a very important part of the roast because what's happening is you're actually developing uh, complex carbohydrates. Uh, and what Stobb talks about is um, polysaccharides split off or break down into monosaccharides. Um, and he equates that to a fructose sweetness. Right, Very sugary on. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sugar, sugar, by the way, is roasted out of the coffee. If there's any sugar present, it's roasted out of the coffee very early on, so you're dealing with these complex carbohydrate chains. Um, so when it starts to turn yellow, you actually want the roast... What I've found and what I like is you want the roast development to slow down um, and allow these polysaccharides to break down into monosaccharides and what you what in my head i i visualize i'm creating like a foundation of sweetness to which i can build upon um now at around 355 degrees um 
the bean goes from that nice yellow color starts to go into an orange color. And so this is essentially where caramelization is starting to happen, particularly on the, the foundation, quote unquote, the foundation of sweetness that we've just built. Right. Um, so you want to apply more energy to the, to the roast. So turn the gas up a bit. And you want to get through the next few degrees, um, 55 to first crack, as quick as you can, because when you caram when you're caramelizing these sugars, these uh, the fructose sweetness or the monosaccharides, you're actually making the coffee less sweet. So my my analogy is, bite into a a, a raw apple, red or green, and it's really it's bright, it's acidic, it's sweet, really sweet. Now you bake that, all that acidity. You bake that apple, all that acidity dumbs down, the sweetness dumbs down. In actual fact, if you're baking, you'll throw sugar on it to make it sweeter again. Right. Um, uh, so you, you, you want to fly through this, this period of 355 degrees to first crack. Um, so the problem with Stubbs' uh, profile there is that you're going into first crack with a lot of energy and it's very explosive. So where I've pulled back and actually kind of adopted a bit of Rayo's methodology is about 20 degrees before first crack, I'm pulling off on the temp, on the, the gas, the amount of energy to let it slow down and coast out and you get this longer post crack uh, development time or right. percentage. And I think it's a nice balance between the two. Um, and what, what you find if you cup... Well, Rayo's, Rayo's profile flight doesn't actually, a lot of the times, doesn't actually hit that yellow. You don't actually see it. Or if you do, it's like really quick. That, and you miss that, that basis. So um, when you cut the two profiles side by side, you get, and, it, and they're done right, you get this, the Rayo's nice floral sort of sparkling acidity if it's done right. But it's lacking body, uh, and right. there's there's the viscosity and the mouthfeel is missing, and that's something maybe I'm old school that I really still enjoy. No, we 100% are right there with you, I, and I I think a lot of people have talked about this, and we both think that uh, clarity of flavor and acidity and like the dynamic characteristics that coffee can have, that and like body and mouthfeel they're not mutually exclusive you can get them both you get like them you both do, you can do yeah. both things and a lot of people i don't know what they're doing but you know they'll sacrifice one for the other and we don't no. think that you don't you have to do that and i am missing a lot of coffees like that right now because i just don't think that there's that many around because people aren't really roasting like that yeah. or if they are i don't know where they are because i just but i feel like i tasted a lot of that like you know, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Maybe not that like people were at their peak then, but I think that that almost to use a stupid word, like rich, like heavy coffees were a little bit more acceptable then mm. in the specialty scene. Yeah. Now, sometimes I feel like if you don't have tons of zingy acidity and like a yep. flat, wimpy coffee, you're like out, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel you. I just had to draw a line in the sand and, and was like, well, I, I get it. I get Rayo's thing, um, and I experimented with it, um, but I really want, I really do need and enjoy the mouthfeel. And this this roast profile that I just talked about, 
I'm actually writing about it on my blog at the moment. Perfect. Nice little plug. Is that on, is nice that little on plug. No, it's uh, it's WordPress. It's Deaton. Um, I don't even know how the URL works. WordPress forward slash Deaton or something, yeah. whatever. Search Deaton. Deaton. Deaton blog. Yeah, there you go. Deaton WordPress. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that bad? I don't even know how to direct people to my blog. <laughs> hey, they know they know how to search D- D-E-A-T-O-N. Just find it. Yeah. It'll be on there. WordPress. Uh, and so this, uh, yeah, this profile that I was just talking about, when you back off and you sort of, wait, sorry, when you combine the two sort of profiles focusing uh, on that, that development very early on um, and then doing a little bit of Rayos at the end, I mm-hmm. think is a very nice medium and it works fantastically for espresso as well like yeah. that with that sweetness still intact in that you've developed early on I, you know in my head that still equates in the espresso machine but um yeah uh I, I worked on that uh on those profiles with actually ryan wanslow on the tools so i have okay. to plug him as well good guy uh, yeah he's an awesome guy wanslow um <laughs> for life um but yeah there you go and so uh with the 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 my default profile yeah. you'd still get that acidity but you get that viscosity and mm-hmm. i don't know i hope people hope people like it you know well from what i crunched i, I liked it yeah. i can't wait to try it at home are you would you theoretically consider yourself an omni roaster then at this point or are you going to no i i i again i yeah. do it i i'm a little bit heavier on the the espresso coffees um Great. i think um i think Again, like mouthfeel and, and whatever, and, and I think as a roaster, we can help uh, taper off acidity. I'm not saying acidity is a bad thing, but, you know, grassy notes, lemongrass in espresso, like, not good. it's not good. No, it's I a agree. roast defect. You haven't roasted your coffee well properly. enough. Properly. Properly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, I, ha- I do, okay, if we want to talk, I use a Javalytics which basically uses the, the gourmet scale, which Agtron set up. Um, so I'll roast probably these filter coffees like at an 85, uh, around 85, that's sort of my mark, give or take two points. And then for espresso, I'll be down to around 78, yeah, 77, 78 on the gourmet scale. So it's a bit, a bit more developed, but I think that lends well in espresso. And when you're brewing, like the espresso that you're talking about, what kind of brew ratio are you using? You know, how big are your shots? And I was just talking about this the other day. I I think I I'm I'm. It's sounding like I'm a little short out there from from what people are saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was enjoying the the espressos that I've just done. I was enjoying it at around 19, 18 and a half to nineteen grams. You know, like 32 seconds, 32 grams out. Oh, okay. Now, that's basically, because I work part-time at a bake shop, we pull four-barrel, and, like, for me today, I was, like, 19.2 in, and like, 32 out. Right, okay. So, yeah. Well, I feel better. Yeah, it worked pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> it tasted good. Oh, I was at a... I was at a cafe the other day and a really good relationship with the with the owner and he was pouring my coffee at uh, like 42 grams out. And I just find that sort of long espresso kind of challenging to drink. And I've only just figured out how to drink it. I must be stupid. Like literally when I was in Australia in January, I was like, oh shit, so this is how you drink long poured espressos. You have to let that shit cool down. 
Oh yeah, it's so the, hot. That's so hot. The espresso it superheats the espresso cup, which doesn't feel good on your, no, your I mouth. Hate that. So and then you you burn your mouth. And so I stupidly only just figured out, oh yeah, I gotta let it cool down. You know, <laughs> you gotta like stir it forever. Yeah. Whereas you guys, I remember you guys put out a video, um, and I got quietly jealous of the quality of the videos that you put out. Um, but uh, you put out a video of how to drink espresso, right? Oh, was that a really long you, time yeah, ago? Yeah, when you throw, oh, you had man. the options of throwing it down or that was yeah, that was one of the first videos we ever made together with a weird little pocket cam. Yeah, <laughs> we <were stoked>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love oh, those man. videos. I mean, so much so I was going to everyone at work like, "Can we do something like this? I want to be cool like them." <laughs> uh, um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the longer ones, you've got to let them cool down and, and drink it at a slower pace. But I, I do really enjoy the slightly shorter pools where you can... Slam it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different... It's a totally different experience. Yeah. I think there's room for both styles of there beverage. There is, yeah. But I, I don't know if everybody else feels that way. There is there is room, and it just took me so long to figure out how to do it. I mean, <laughs> we're going to do it at our shops as well. We yeah. Have, we have two... Our coffees will be different specifically in that way. We'll have a more traditional pull, I guess, like you guys were speaking of, the 19s to 30s, and then we'll have something bigger as well. But I do think that I love that you're going to stick to your style. So I think that we have our own style as well, and it's it's built, yeah, like with some of the structure of the rail stuff, but we also still mess with it a little bit. Yeah. And I, I think you can get, there's so much room for style and coffee roasting, yep. especially right now, where I think a lot of people do stick to whatever they think that so-and-so that's the best quote unquote is doing. They all try to like manufacture that same kind of coffee. And I, I appreciate that people want to do a good job and they're just like looking for inspiration. But for me, I, I so much feel that whatever's true to you is where it's at. You've got it. You, you have to do it. I mean, as you a, have to do it as a, even as a chef, you know, yeah. or whatever, you've got to create your own style, your own identity and, and just stick to what, you know, works well for yourself. And if you're not enjoying your, your product that you're putting out. Gosh, dude. I mean, I mean, you're not the only one who's going to like your coffee. I mean, I can tell you that I'll like it right now, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you're I, not the only one in the world who likes to taste what you like to taste. Yeah. And I, and I've realized that, uh, over the years that what I think is an awesome coffee, some people will hate on and vice versa. What I think is a right. horrible coffee. People just rave about. So people just drink, you know, there's so many, I don't know. There's too many opinions out there. They're like, there's so many opinions yeah. out there. And they're all right. So you they're, and they're all right. So guys, <laughs> just draw a line in the sand. Yeah. Own your own style, and and people can get on board or they don't get on board. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so important, and I freaking love it. I want to see more differentiation out there. To be honest with you, mm. Chris always talks about it. It's like if every restaurant made the same exact food, you wouldn't be stoked. You'd on be it. bored. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, man. That's one of my passions, just being authentic to yourself and what you're about. Yeah. I think that's exciting, dude. And I think what you got going on is really, really cool, and your branding's good. So, thank you. I just think there's also something to be said about the experience to be able to make those tastes come out. And I think there are a lot of people who mean well and are going to learn as they go. But there's a lot of inexperience, and the more and more, especially opening our business that's not even open yet, but all that we're going through, I'm realizing that there's a lot that I take for granted in the time that we, Chris and I, have put in over the years in just that inherent learning process of going through all these experiences and how you can apply that and know what's going to 
the outcome of a roast or a shot of espresso and those little tweaks that you know what to do with to make an end product where a lot of people don't actually know that stuff yet. And mm. I love that there's more people stepping out yeah. who have experience, who haven't gone out to do their own thing. It's really cool, man. And you, and you, I've always, I've always appreciated what you've done, even though we haven't really got to talk, but we've had these little conversations over the years. And I'm like, okay, this guy is thinking for himself and he's, about the right things and he cares about the right things so i'm really thank stoked you. you're gonna do your own thing awesome thank you and remember when we ran around saying his name like every i don't know if you know this <laughs> <No. but laughs> <laughs> what movie was that from there is um i can't remember what movie it was from uh, the story actually <laughs> this is this? like borderline inappropriate but i'm gonna talk about it anyway <laughs> We we opened Verve Coffee Roasters <laughs> back in 2007, and um, Colby Barr, one of the owners, used to have really really long hair, and we we <laughs> we opened up our first office. It was just down the street. They rented out this just hag office. We needed offices, and Colby was <laughs> Colby was walking back, and this surfer dude rolled by on his bike, and he's just like, "You look like Ron Jimmy, bruh. And we thought it was the funniest thing. And out of nowhere, Chris and I used to be like, "You look like Deaton Piggott, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and I, we didn't even have a reason. It was just like we were throwing. We actually were going through all these names, and then you, we said your name, and we we're like, "We don't even know this guy." And then we kept saying your name because we didn't know you. That's hilarious. <laughs> and if he, uh, if I don't know, it was just a great name. You look like Deaton Piggott, bro. <laughs> If anybody doesn't know, Ron, Ron Jeremy is uh, one of the premier porn stars in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So that was uh, a cool thing to get called out as. Yeah. <laughs> he looks nothing like him. <laughs> Ron Jeremy has, like, curly hair, a big mustache. He's And is about, like, hell. Yeah. 80 pounds over we- overweight. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... Deaton Piggott, in case you're wondering, yeah. looks nothing like Ron. Ron Jeremy looks like the cartoon The Critic. <laughs> or, um... <laughs> The dude on Eastbound and Down. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> that guy. So yeah, we were running around. <laughs> That's screaming. awesome. Yeah, you thanks. Look like thanks. Piggott, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> For like three years. <laughs> In 2010, <laughs> it was. T- <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It, uh, yeah, we're, it was fun. we're all kids. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow. We've been talking for a while. We're bringing this up, man. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. So awesome. Before we bounce, where can people find you? Everything they need to know about you. Yeah, uh, takeflightcoffee.com. Dayton at WordPress something or other. (laughs) Uh, On Instagram, it's just my first name. I tagged that one. Got in there early. Oh, you got Deaton? Yeah, just got Deaton. Uh, You know, I have all the Twitter accounts for Take Flight and, yeah, all the stuff. I have to ask this. Yeah. This is really where we first fell in love with you. You used to do music. I did, yes. Yes. <laughs> Remember then? We used to look we there was, you had like a YouTube video or something way back when. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just go there real quick <laughs> oh, and then shit. we're gonna close this thing out. <laughs> you were a professional musician. Yeah. Or semi pro or something. Yeah, well I was trying to be, yeah. I I mean I took the reason why I moved to Dublin is I took a band there. We uh we wanted to join the uh the singer songwriter circuit. You too. <laughs> so I took this band called YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, I was a singer-songwriter, uh, you know, singing songs of love and devotion, tear in the eye, heart on the sleeve. That do you still stuff. do music? I don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, okay. I I don't know what happened. I, I 
living in Ireland where it's like constantly raining and you're constantly hungover and because <laughs> all the Irish drink harder than any people They're on so the planet. Intense. And uh, it was easy to write music. You yeah. sort of just be locked in your room feeling shitty. Uh, and then, <laughs> so I was writing great stuff. And then I moved to LA and, and you know. Too much sunshine. To, too much sunshine and lollipops and, you know, trying to, trying to adjust to the work. Uh, ethics Wussies and all that LA. sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just put it down. I didn't, I didn't have time. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I just, it literally popped That's into hilarious. my mind. We were about to close this thing out without. So, anyways, you could probably find Deaton on YouTube singing a nice jam. Yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> One million and, hits and a up. MySpace actually. That's oh, probably still. Oh, MySpace is probably pretty popular. <laughs> I'll go there on CompuServe.net. <laughs> 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 all right guys all right. <laughs> deaton thank you so much for being here thank you this is awesome a lot oh, of fun you guys you're fun we should hang out more when you come Let's to san jose it. yeah that's such yeah. an easy commute and again right congratulations now. on all the things you guys have achieved that, that's to you awesome. as well yeah to you as well thank you and thanks for being a part of especially coffee you heard it here on the cat and cloud coffee podcast thanks for tuning in and uh until next time stay classy